Welcome to Gospel and Grit. We invite you to the front lines of the gospel where our Overland missionaries are pioneering to remote peoples. Our goal is to empower you to grab the gospel and get the grit to do whatever it takes to fulfill your calling in Christ. All right, welcome back to Gospel and Grit. I am JJ, and today I am graciously, phenomenally, I, I need more adjectives <laughs> to wow. describe the, the magnitude that we have this sitting is, before us. Uh, this is getting thick. <laughs> our COO, our coup, coup guy, Martin Lopez. I've been coerced. <laughs> All right, man. I love it. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited. Podcast. Yeah. Yeah, so this is what the young people are doing these days. Yeah, all them young whippersnappers <laughs> out there in podcast land. I'm excited to, to talk this morning. Um, one of the things that we've talked about a lot, and I've heard you discuss a lot, is the idea of how vision drives all of your, your life choices, your motives. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love for you to kind of dive into that with us this morning and... Yeah, um, you know, I I have been playing in teams for as far as I can remember, and I don't mean sports necessarily, but um, uh, I was a public servant in many different arenas before being a full-time uh, minister, and I was one of my longest runs was as, as a state trooper. I was a state trooper for about 16 years. And I've worked in politics. I've worked uh, for NASA. I worked for just different places. But looking back, it's always been part of a team, mm-hmm. and I really, really appreciate that. And so, um, yeah, that's that's kind of been when when I say vision, I really envision what a team is for. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, so you could have a community, right? Yeah. Uh, you could have a neighborhood, and in a community. Even in a church, uh, diverse opinions is healthy. It's like, okay, this is how we learn from each other. And then you, you know, it's kind of like there's no uh, set mark mm-hmm. is what you think and what I think. And it's cool. And we get along and barbecue and high five. But when you talk about a team, whether it be baseball, uh, football, law enforcement, uh, overland missions, a team only comes together for an objective. So that objective supersedes any individual's agenda. That's why I think I like teams because uh, now we can bounce off each other. We can still high five, but there's an objective to achieve. Mm -hmm. I believe uh, Father, Son, Holy Spirit also are a team, Mm -hmm. not just a community. Father has an objective. Holy Spirit is uh, executing and uh, giving wisdom so we see we see a healthy dynamic in a team and i'm attracted to teams because of that i think when you are talking about vision you could have your individual vision which is fine yeah. I mean, we have in multiple levels our own objectives of what we want to do today yeah. but when it comes to a team vision is so important it has to be clear we all have to agree to play by the same rules 
uh, it's okay if you want to play baseball, but right now we're playing basketball. You know, it's like, <laughs> you just, these are the rules that apply right yeah, now. Yeah, having a bat's not going to help. <laughs> yeah, it's like, so, so anyway, vision, it's a, it's a good question because m- many people walking around the globe may have vision, mm-hmm. but what, you know, is someone walking with you or are you in somebody else's vision? And so I think vision is, is, is a good topic. It's a good good thing to, to understand. So you talk about the difference between having an individual opinion or vision versus the corporate vision, um, yeah. particularly in, in the set of missions. A lot of people, mm-hmm. I have a vision to go to this country and do this one thing. Right. Uh, how does that then incorporate into the greater sure. vision of corporate? It's a great question. So... Even as in a community, a diverse uh, background, a diverse uh, number of opinions is healthy. In a team, it's actually division. Hmm. Because you, don't, you, you sort of lose that individual desire to do something. Yeah. Um, and so I think when you're talking mission specifically or, or any kind of team, listen, there's one coach, there's one objective, and now you use your talents within the boundaries to get the job done. Mm-hmm. And you show up for practice and you perform and there's a lot of dynamics that go into a team. But what what the church is doing or what Overland Missions is doing is building a team. Mm-hmm. You know, because we have an objective. We have a, a slice of the pie, uh, a mandate from the Lord to go reach the remote tribes and do whatever it takes. So within that mandate, now we put a team together and you fit within that team. Uh, yeah, but I want to do this thing. Great, go do it. You know, go, go thrive in that environment. Mm-hmm. Right now, this is, this is the, the confines of the mandate. And I think that's important because it's not that I'm the boss or you're the boss and it's whatever you say. It's whatever God's vision is given within this team. Mm-hmm. And that's what we want to execute. There's a latitude in there. And so, so it's important that as we move forward, if you join a team, find what that team's vision is. Yeah. And, and, and now God has placed leadership in position because we can talk about that too. And, and sometimes people come and, and, you know, they go on an expedition with us, for instance, and hey guys, today we're gonna to go to this village, you know, XYZ village over here. And some team member may say, well, let me pray about it. Let me see what God wants us to do. It's like, wait, you don't understand team. You're still in a community mindset. Mm-hmm. You still think that we're debating this. And again, you have to go back to you're playing in a team. There's a set structure. Let's go execute, high five each other and, and deliver for that objective. So that's what I've noticed too is, is there's a confusion sometimes between, hey, we're just in a community of believers. Maybe because in a church, normally you would probably have more of a community setting than a team setting. Mm-hmm. Now it's like we just want to come together and, you know, whatever yeah. mandate, whether it's let's do life together, which I, I don't just, I don't understand okay. that. But, you know, yeah. let's. Let's come together for something. Jesus said, if anybody wants to come after me, they must deny themselves. Okay, they must pick up their cross daily. And they must follow me. Mm-hmm. 
that sounds like a team. It does not sound like a community. Yeah. You, you got to be a disciple. You can be a believer at large or a disciple. All right. Go on. Get a little <laughs> more into that. I think that's a very interesting statement. Um, you know, you have, you have believers, you have followers, and you have disciples. Mm-hmm. So believer is like, Hey, I I believe you can do it. Go do it. I have no responsibility. I have no weight on my shoulders. I'm going to cheerlead you from from afar. Um, But I have no no really uh, responsibility. Mm -hmm. Uh, A follower, you could be a follower of Jesus. Jesus was not interested in big crowds. He loved them. He had compassion on them. He healed them. He ministered to them. But he did not build crowds. Followers today would be like, okay, I just liked your page on Facebook or Instagram. Like, you know, you have followers. <laughs> yeah. But then again, you can, if if the wind is blowing in the wrong direction, I just unlike you and I block you and unfriend you. You know, we, as believers, we could have also followers. We have followers in overland missions, people that high five us and, you know, uh, are not, are neither sending people nor going places mm-hmm. uh, nor trying to solve any problem they're just kind of followers which is okay it's good we we want you to be blessed and and we want you to see what God is doing but then there's disciples and I think a disciple is really taking on the mantle of the uh, the leader you know or the mandate of the team if you would that's when now it costs you time it costs you resources it costs you uh, sleepless nights you know, that's a disciple. Jesus walked with his disciples. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes we think we're so clever and we try to help the Holy Spirit. You know, we're so blessed to be in a in a generation where everything is like selfie and social media and stream live and multiple platforms, you know, podcast. And if you believe your own press enough, you could almost question uh, Jesus and say, geez, why didn't you come today? Like you could have just grabbed your phone, done a selfie, go, hey, look, you see all these dead people? I'm going to raise them right now. Boop, 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 boop. You know, Facebook Live, 5 billion <laughs> followers. You blow up the servers. He could have done it. It's almost like it could. he could have been more efficient. Mm. Why didn't he? Why did he have to take three years to do something he could have done in one day? Come, die on the cross, pay for our sins, be done with. Mm-hmm. And got around some knuckleheads and had to tell them, hey, come pull up a rock. Let me tell you. Let me tell you what I'm thinking right now. Right. You know, it was his disciples. It wasn't the crowds. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the Instagram followers. It was those who chose to to be part of the team. Mm-hmm. And they gave up their fishing business. They gave up their personal endeavors. And, you know, it's a higher calling. It's his calling. Jesus Christ could have been an amazing woodworker. You know, had a business and started churches and could have had 15 million campuses, right? But yet he poured himself, duplicated himself into another humanoid, you know, and gave them something to say, gave them something to do, gave them authority. And and then when he left, he says, but you must wait until the Holy Spirit has come. And then you will receive power and you will be witnesses everywhere. Yes, it hasn't changed. We're still believers today. It's the same mandate. We have to be part of the team or else we just remain in a Christian, cool, cute community. Mm-hmm. 
I've heard it said before that alone you can go faster, mm. but together we go stronger. Kind of sure. tie into that and the importance of team that you've seen uh, in Overland and what we've accomplished. Right. Yes. Listen, if you're if you're alone, you can go faster. Grab a backpack. No one tells you what to do. You just go. Mm-hmm. That's great. And there may there may be times where where that happens. I just don't see it in the kingdom. Why didn't Jesus do that? Mm-hmm. Why didn't he just, you know, like, hey, y'all just watch this. You know, he knowing the Alpha and Omega, knowing the entirety of the time, yet the word says that when it was fully time, when the when the time had fully come, you know, Luke nine fifty one, his ministry started. When when the time came, things happen. So I tend to think that God is a pretty smart, and there's a reason why he erased disciples. He could have written a book. He could have recorded a video back then. He could have invented all this stuff because there's a value in developing someone else. You see, you were created to multiply his image, not to photocopy. You are, you are, you are designed to transmit a message. And the problem is that in Christianity, for instance, there's a depression. There is a, uh, a dysfunction because you're living a life that you were never designed to do. You were never designed to please yourself. You were never designed to do your own thing. You were never designed to be a long wolf. You were designed to be in love and, and to multiply Him. So guess what? It still works. Even 2,000 years from now, it's still the kingdom. It's pouring in from one person to the next, which is why we go where we go. You could write a book, you could do a podcast, you could drop from an airplane 15 million SD cards all over these remote places. You know, that's clever, it seems like. Well, why didn't Jesus do it? Why did he have to get his feet dirty? Because he is love, because he loved you. Because even when we could not uh, repay or gain from him, we were still dead in our trespasses. He came. That's the proof that God loves you. That's the proof that a team loves the objective. It's the fact that you can leave your home and travel and see somebody else eye to eye, eyeball to eyeball, and tell them the truth of the gospel. That's the way the kingdom works. I don't know why, but that's the way it works. Yeah, I feel like a lot of times vision and programs tend to be interrelated. But I think what you're talking about here is, is different because the vision is establishing Christ in someone else mm. and and that's not always quick or easy yeah. so like how do you get when you when you you get a vision you're out there and it gets hard like how do you stand mm-hmm. in endurance in that place mm. yeah you absolutely don't start ministry without uh, gaining the Lord's perspective I think faith is a is more of a perspective than a feeling of course mm. You know, because it's seeing how he sees. Um, the way, the way Jesus imparted love, which is agape love, not filio or, you know, uh, any other love. Every other love outside of agape is man-made. Like I could love my wife. I could I could have a good time as a friend with you and be and be a filio, be be a friend to you. But agape is really something that's unnatural with men. It's seeing someone's value 
outside of their physical value, outside of their their capacity. Is you can love the people who love you, but to love your enemies or to love it's something that Jesus brought on the scene that he died for mankind that he did nothing wrong while he walked on earth and yet still uh, did not lose value of uh, of men why because he knew what we were intended to do and he knows that inside of us we are unstoppable you know he's not offended by the shortcomings he's not offended by the silly things yet yet he knows that that outside of that love, you have no vision. So if you go into the mission field now, because you just, again, you you heard an amazing message, or you were three hours in worship, and you get this 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 man-made love for the nations, you're gonna go in your own strength, and you're and you're gonna come against the wall, and you're gonna, and then it's gonna. Then now all of a sudden God's gonna to speak to you that you don't need to do this again. Listen, you yeah, yeah you gotta have an agape love. You gotta have a love that comes from the Lord that's gonna energize you, that's gonna keep you going. Um, and outside of that, then I would say just spend more time with the Lord. You have to see how He sees the nations, not just because you think. That the nations are poor and in need of the gospel you've got to see the nations as man god has brought redemption they haven't yet heard Mm -hmm. but if it's not a reality in your life then and especially if you're not in a team it's going to be tough and it's going to be hard and you better just go get a job you know and, and because it's going to be tough jesus did everything right and was rejected he was whipped. Yeah. He was spat. Yeah. He was, you know, yeah. and and yet he still went forward. He still endured the cross for the joy that was set before him. Yeah. What is that? It's agape. Yeah. It's the love of the Father. You know? Yeah. You've been with Overland how long? Uh, my first conference that I, it was really where my life was impacted was in 2004. Okay. Um, and I've years, yeah. I've been hanging around Overland. I've <laughs> been volunteering. I, I actually started as a donor. Their very first missionary asked me, "Hey, would you be a donor for twenty five bucks a month?" I didn't even have to pray about it. I'm like, "Okay, sure." <laughs> you know. And then I started seeing in the letters that we had no email back then. Uh, just getting the, the letters of what God was doing and then I started leading expeditions and I started hanging around and then we started building structures and this was early days of building the team was small but the same fire the same intensity the same team the same vision the same fervor and that's why it kind of grew hmm. so it's, it's been a while yeah so 15 years uh, I'd love to hear an example or two of how being in the vision of the team has helped you in difficult situations or like pushed you or grew you uh, beyond what you're naturally capable of. I'd love to hear some of that line. Yeah, uh, that's a good question. Another benefit of, of a team is it sort of normalizes you, right? If you're, if you're if you're too far ahead, it's going to slow you down. If you're too slow, it's going to speed you up. Mm. If you're too, you know, high, it's just, it's just a vision. It's one vision. We have a great 
great leaders. Uh, I appreciate you know Phil and Sharon. They've been doing this for a long time. And if there's if there's one thing that that the leadership has helped me personally, it's in expanding vision, expanding faith, expanding expectations. Going from maybe in the early days of having to do a lot of technical uh, solutions or programs or, or systems that we needed to do, to to more uh, of uh, leading people and and developing people and, and raising teams. And nowadays we're you know we're around 200 as as it's the date of this recording and growing. You know mm-hmm. we we've actually been doubling every three years you know and it's just been the lord it's just been the same vision so i've personally have learned to trust the lord and the vision and teams and really you uh, in the areas where you have some ambitions or some uh desires the team really just kind of normalizes that and goes now listen you you have to uh you have to understand that the Lord is your portion. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I share with, with the young guys too. You know, you're 20 years old. You're, you want to, you know, shake the world. Listen, the Lord has to be your portion. Whether you're washing dishes today or holding a mic or leading thousands or leading tens, the Lord has to be enough. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's from that place that everything happens. That everything grows, that everything just kind of expands, and it it actually it makes you look like a genius when it's really <laughs> you're listening to the Holy Spirit and you grow in the team. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you really hit on something there with serving in the team is actually what grows you into a position eventually of of leadership itself, uh, where the Holy Spirit can guide you in a vision. Mm. and like it's a hard thing especially for young people they're, they're getting that I want to get out there I want to change the nations I want to leave and we're like awesome like go to AMT and wash dishes for three months yeah and they're like yeah no I'm like I want to I want to preach to 10,000 <laughs> you know, yeah you will like we believe in you yeah. but uh seeing the the greater vision of the team puts all of that stuff yeah. into perspective that that's just as important yeah. as the preaching yeah. to 10,000 yeah, I think it's a it's a process of learning how to how to be in a team. Yeah, you know, um, you have to. The earlier you understand this, like if you take nothing out of this little little talk here, uh, one thing would be that it is the Lord who promotes. It is the Lord who mm-hmm. picks. He picked David. Like, can you imagine the oldest son was like, "What? This was my right. This is what mm-hmm. I've done," and and so you understand that the Lord picks. And he picks who he picks. End of story. Yeah. Moses was not the greatest speaker. He probably would have been a, a, a bad podcast, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, host. But God picked him. Yeah. God picks. So God has picked you to do what you need to do. And a team helps you. Um, helps you in that res- regards. I, I talked about the Howard Patrol. Now the Howard Patrol. It's very much like the military where you, you know, we had to live at the academy for six months and you had people that had umpteen degrees, people that didn't have a lot of degrees. You had people from different walks of life. Guess what? Everybody showed up and did push-ups until 10 o'clock that night in suits. (laughs) Three people quit the next morning. You know, only 
only 60% graduated just because there's a culture shock because people did not want to be part of the team. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was ridiculous stuff. It didn't matter. It was, it was a way of letting you know that you're stronger together than alone. I mean, we had to walk in 90 degree angles the first three months. You know, it's like, <laughs> why? It's dumb. Yeah. How does that help me uh, be a police officer? It doesn't. It helps you be in a team. We would do push-ups, and in the morning we did PT, and our uh, old Lieutenant Gill would say, okay, we're going to do three push-ups this morning. I'm like, yes, that's awesome. But everybody's going to do the three push-ups together. So he says, okay, front-leaning rest position, we would get it ready, and then he'd go get a cup of coffee. <laughs> and then he'd be back, you know, 15 minutes later and go, okay, ready for your push-ups? And, you know, everybody's just like, and then, okay, one, everybody hits, hits the deck. Oh, I'll be right back. <laughs> and, and don't you touch the floor. And then, you know, Gomez or Smith, ah, they don't want to be part of the team, I guess. Guys, we're starting again. What we're doing is three push-ups. You know, we're there for one hour, yeah. right? So, But the whole thing was to say, what in a team, you doing your own thing can get somebody else hurt. Mm. You know, especially in this, and they want you to crack in the academy. Mm. I appreciate that. I, I come from that where, where we had an objective as a highway patrol to, um, you know, stop crime on the state highways. We could do, we could do domestic arrests. We can do all kinds of stuff. Yet we had a narrow pie mm-hmm. that says just focus on traffic enforcement, drug interdiction, DUI, this whole thing. Well, when I when I would uh, clock in in the morning, no one told me what to do. Yet I had a mission. So I could drive wherever I wanted to, you know, respond, generate, just just kind of enforce the law, do what I was told to do without someone micromanaging me. Mm-hmm. And if I did something wrong, then they corrected me. And then we grew and then eventually I, I trained the new guys and I was an instructor and I was a field training officer. And, and so, it's amazing how, as a educated adult, you get put in a stressful situation where you pull a car over, your first car that you're pulling over, and you've got your your training officer there, and it's like, okay, now you go to the car and ask him for the license. That's all I want you to do. Mm-hmm. Just go ask him for the license and come back, baby steps, you know. And you're walking up there, and they're like, wait a second, why do you have your flashlight on your strong hand? You're, You've been trained that you need to have it in the opposite hand in case you need to reach your weapon. Mm-hmm. And that happened like 15 times. <laughs> because if if you were let go by yourself, you could hurt yourself. You, you wouldn't get the job done. Mm-hmm. A team helps you. We help each other. Listen, we have a mandate. And sometimes we, we think we want to do something else. And it's good to be in a team that says, no, wait a second. Remember, we have an objective. You don't need to pray about it. Just execute your part you know so you know the the celebration side of as we achieve that objective you know i could go back to my partner churches every year and tell them well i did this and i did Mm -hmm. this but it's so much to me such a joy to see like our team accomplished this our team has accomplished it and they are huge things all across the world um and you know, as an American, so often it can be like when we start talking about laying down your rights, laying down your vision mm-hmm. to the greater good. Like that's that's an infringement on my liberties. Right. 
right, right. You know, right. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know I've heard it say that oh, if you wanna if you wanna be a Christian, you have to sacrifice so much, or if you wanna join, say, overland mission, oh, you gotta give up all the stuff. Listen, the when you come to Christ, the only thing that you have to give up is the lie, is who you were, who you were never meant to be. Yeah. You know. Yeah. God gave you love and and a servant's heart. Adam gave you human rights. So here you are, a Christian, trying to fight for what's yours and don't offend me. Listen, that's not who you were created to be. There was one king, yeah. and you were his son. You know, and you were created to love. Doesn't seek its own. Holds no record of wrong. What happened to all these things? Now, don't get confused. Christianity is not just a happy community. It is yeah. It is a team. It is a mission with an objective. Mm-hmm. It is an army. It is a, it is a, a, a potent thing. And your opinion was never uh, in God's equation. <laughs> you know, it, it's His way. It's the narrow way. It's, it's the way of light. You were darkness. Now you were made into light. Guess what? His light, not your light. Mm-hmm. The priest, when he, w- when he went into the Holy of Holies, there was a candlestick. There was no other windows. There was no other light except with the candlestick. And yet he had in his breastplate a whole bunch of gemstones. Guess what? When when the priest walked in, the entire room uh, was magnified. That light was magnified, you know, because of all the stones, and it was just am- amazing in there. But that light was never generated by the priest. It was a reflection mm. of the anointing. It was a reflection of his light. And so when you say, "This is my opinion. This is my vision. This is what God told me to do," God, this, that's your own light. And it's okay. We'll take you because, you know, we'll get you into shape. Yeah. Because you you got to be free from that. Otherwise, you will always be a slave to what you think. And, you know, the greatest freedom in Christ was a freedom from self. Not just drinking and all this. No, it's from you. You being, you were not designed for you. Yeah. You know, in team, you're going to serve him. You're going to serve. You're going to have plenty of opportunities to have latitude on using your giftings but listen it's not about you mm-hmm. it's about him we only have one king so you're in a safe spot I invite everybody really if you've got uh, there's no such thing as oh I've been called to be a missionary no you're a believer you're a follower of Christ uh, and, and you should do it every day everywhere you go but join a team this is the greatest cost this generation is amazing to me the, the the post-millennial generation I'm, I'm in, you know mid 40s now but I love their passion I don't think there's been another more passionate generation that I that I can remember but you've got to fight for the right cause like listen I understand that maybe the the icebergs are are uh, melting right okay but there are people entering an eternity without Christ yeah. without knowing, without having heard. It's amazing to me that I can get on my phone right now and do a, a live streaming and thousands of people could hear whatever I have to say. Mm-hmm. And yet there's people on earth that haven't haven't heard of Australia. Have, they don't even know what ICE is. You know, <laughs> uh, America, uh, iPods. And yet the message, how can we not take this message to them? Mm-hmm. So, Every believer should be 
a disciple. And I believe every disciple should be in a team. This is a great team and we invite people to see if they have what it takes, which is a degree of shedding what you think you should do uh, for what the Word says and what Jesus Christ exemplified. And I love the team, I love Overland Missions because we're not perfect, we're not the greatest, we're definitely not the fastest. But we're still stuck on that first century in the power of the Holy Spirit, in the mandate that Christ gave His disciples, and uh, believing for miracle signs and wonders, and also raising others. You know, if we were a church, we would have a couple of hundred members who are all ministers, and who are all active in their faith. It's awesome. So I just want to invite anybody that uh, may be listening to, it's not too late, just join a team. We're a good team. We may not be a good fit, yeah. but we'll sure try. Yeah, love it. Thank you so much, Martin. Excellent stuff. Okay. Be vision, vision driven as a team. Beautiful. Go for it. Awesome. Join our team. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Gospel of Grit. All of us here at Overland Missions would like you to know that we believe in you there's a place for you in our organization. Your first step towards changing nations is to visit overlandmissions.com. 